Good morning, good morning. Hey, while you're, while you're still standing up, while you're still standing up, look around here real quick. Find the best looking person you can. Just find someone really good looking. Now, listen, when you find them, when you find them, I want you to look right at them and I want you to tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life. All right, come on. You, I think you can do a little bit better. A little bit better. Now, look at, here, look at your second choice real quick. Look over here. All right, try this. Point to yourself. If you've ever heard me before, you've said this before. I'm going to try to get you to say it as much as I can because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. So if you believe, how many believe your life could get better? If you believe it, say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Hey, you can be seated. I, I love that. I just, I just think God is for us. How many believe God is for you? Pastor Jay was up here talking, and and, uh, and he's talking about that, how God is for you, and we're for people. We're for this city, and we're for what God wants. You know, a lot of times we go talking about everything we're against. What if we start telling everybody what we were for? You know, we're, we're, we're for good things in your life. Someone said, it isn't one of those feel-good churches, is it? How many want to feel bad when you leave? <laughs> Nobody wants to feel bad when you, of course we want to feel good. We, and that's just what God's presence does. Not that life's going to be perfect. Say, well, you must think life's perfect. Of course life's not perfect. We know that. The Bible tells us that, right? John 16, There's the promise. In the world, you will have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. Awesome. I just came to encourage you guys a little bit today. It's, things aren't looking good, you know. It's, how many have ever had some trials and tribulations? Yeah. But what does it say right after that? But be of good. How many have ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence? Let me see if you've ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence. Okay. What would you do when the airplane hit turbulence? Prayed. Prayed. Yeah, that's good. Held on. But did, he, did anybody get off the plane? No, everybody stayed on, right? You buckled up, you held on, you prayed. You didn't just say, I'm out, I can't, I can't handle this. And let me ask you this. How many of you have been on an airplane that hit turbulence and you're still here? Let me see your hand. Look at that. We all made it. Isn't that amazing? Even in the middle of the storm, the turbulence, whatever it may be. You know, it's the same thing in life. Every now and then you hit some turbulence, trials, tribulations, distress, those things that just talked about in John 16, 33. We hit some of those and, and, uh, and we go through some turbulence in life. How many have ever had some of those turbulence in life? Yeah, well, the other day I was sitting, I sat down on the plane next to a lady and she'd never flown before. And she was talking to me. She goes, I've never flown before. She's real nervous and everything. And I said, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm on the plane. It's going to be fine. So we talked for a few minutes, and I fall asleep on, on the airplane. So, I mean, within five minutes, I was sound asleep. About 20 minutes in, we hit turbulence. That thing started shaking. All of a sudden, I felt her start hitting my legs. She goes, hey, hey. I'm like, huh? She's like, do something. I said, what? I said, what do you want me to do? She goes, I don't know. She goes, aren't you like a preacher? I said, I'm like a preacher. I'm not like a pilot, you know. She goes, I don't know. She goes, she goes do something religious. <laughs> So I got up and took an offering. In the world, you will have some trials. But what does it say right after that? But be of good. I love that. Be of good cheer. Look at someone next to you. Say, lighten up. 
You mean you want me to have a good attitude in the middle of my trials? That, that's, what, that's what the Bible says, right? In the middle of your trials and tribulations, be of good cheer. How many have a hard time having a good attitude on a normal day? Be honest. You're like, I'd say, I'm having, I, I, listen, I understand. I was born a pessimist. My blood type is even be negative, you know, so I, I understand. But uh, here's one thing I have found. Life goes better when you put God first. How many found that to be true? Life just goes better when you put God first. How do you do that? How do you put God first? I think one of the ways you put God first is by planting yourself in the house of God. You know, that's kind of what you're doing today. You're planting yourself. You know, one of the ways to get planted in God's house is to show up. You know, just by getting here today, when you walk out those doors to your car, you can just declare over your life, Father, I thank you this week. My life's going to flourish. My business is going to flourish. My relationships are going to flourish. My, I'm flourishing because I made a decision today to plant myself in God's house. Another way to plant yourself is to serve. That's another great way. Find, there's all kind of good stuff you can do around here. Say, hey, where can I get a, be a part? Where can I serve? Pray for your pastors. That's another way to plant yourself. Be generous and faithful in your giving. All those are ways to plant yourself because how many want to see your life flourish? I love as, as, as Jay was up here talking about even the rest of this year. Hey, say this with me. Say the rest of my year will be the best of my year. I mean, he was just declaring over the next couple months. How many have got some things you, you still want God to do in your life this year? How many still got some dreams and some things you're praying for this, this year? You say, well, I mean, my goodness, this year's, this year's almost over. I mean, what else? What could God do now? It's almost Thanksgiving. And then we got Christmas. I mean, it's a holiday that goes by like that. And then it's New Year. I mean, God doesn't really have... If he could create the entire world in six days... Think what he could do for you in the next two months. I don't know about you. I still think God's got some things he could do this year. I still got some things I want to see him do this year. And so I just encourage you to raise your level of expectation. See, whatever you expect with confidence becomes your own self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you expect a little, if you pray a little, if you ask a little, you'll probably receive a little. Even though God himself is able to do big, how many know God can do big things? With God, all things are possible. So the only thing limiting you would really have to be you. I mean, God's not limited because with him, all things are possible. So what if you started praying bigger, believing bigger, asking bigger, dreaming bigger? It doesn't take any more energy to have a big dream than it does to have a little dream. So why not dream big dreams if you really, how many believe the Bible? Let me just start there. I'm going to make sure I got the right, okay, a little over half of you. Wouldn't you hate to find out it wasn't true? That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? You ever thought about that? What if God didn't really write all this stuff? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, be honest. Come on, you're not going to go to hell. Let me see if you've ever thought of that. Thank you. You honest. I've, I've been in church my whole life. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. My great I'm, I've wondered, I mean, did, did God really write all this stuff? Started thinking though one day, if God didn't write it, who did? Yeah. You ever thought about that? Yes. Now that makes it hard. Then you got to start thinking of people you know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe my Uncle Robbie did it. 
He don't do a lot. I found that scripture. If you don't work, you don't eat. I'm like, nope, Uncle Robbie didn't write that. I guarantee you. I mean, if you just start thinking of people you know, maybe my wife wrote it. Submit to your, nope. Uh, be honest. How many, if you'd have wrote the Bible, how many could think of like three things you would not have put in there? Right? <laughs> like eight commandments. Tithing would have been lower. <laughs> should go with 5%. Here's what I know. No human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. I don't know about you. I just think God has good things in store for us. I encourage you, get planted right here. And how many love your church? How many thankful for the gates? Man, it has got to be pretty easy to love this church. I was thinking this morning, it's, it's easy to have a heart for the house when you know the house has a heart for you. And, 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 and your bishop and, and Pastor Kathy, they're just, how many are thankful for them? How many are thankful for, and just the whole team here, just awesome, incredible people. And uh, I mean, Bishop's one of my favorite preachers in all the world. I, I love, I mean, just his, the revelation, his leadership and vision. Just, I just, I, I just love every moment I get to be around him. And so I'm honored to get to be here with you guys this weekend. Thank you. And really honored that he let me be here when he's, when he's away. But I guess with streaming now, he can watch me, make sure I behave. Didn't say anything I shouldn't say. But uh, is there a delay on this? Because it might get out before I, no, I'm kidding this. Get planted here. Watch what God will do in your life. I think, I think God wants your life to flourish. And I think this would be a great place to do it right here at the gate. Let me give you something. Bishop was mentioning about making a difference. And you know, that's, I think, what God created our life for is to make a difference. I don't think he just put us here to breathe air and take up space. I think he really put us here to make a difference. How many want to make a difference in someone's life? I mean, you just think about the difference God's made in your life. And he created us to be like him. So I'm thinking if he's making a difference like that in my life, he must want me to do the same thing for somebody else. And of course, we can't make a difference like accepting Jesus, but we can make a difference through a a smile, through a kind word, through an invitation. I mean, there's a lot of ways. And you're going to hear about some of those ways over the next uh, few weeks here. And I I think as we're looking at the rest of this year and thinking of, of what God could do for us, but also thinking about what we could do for others how we could impact others more, impact our, our city more. And, and I, was, I was thinking, as a coach, one of, one of the things, I, you know, 50% of what I do is in the corporate arena. And I, as there, as a coach, I'm helping people develop a map, a, a plan to get them from where they are to where they want to be. And so I think as, as I plan to, to, to make a difference, as I, as I plan to do something greater uh, with, my, with my life, with my business, with, in my family, in all those areas, well, I think one of the things is you got to have a, a plan. you got a plan to do it. I think, you, I think a lot of times it's just we can wait for it to happen, but I think being intentional can really help us. And, and that may be the, the, the part that really turns the corner for us is an intentionality uh, of having a, a plan or planning to make a difference. And so how do, we, how do we do that? Now, I want, I want to talk to you about this for a few minutes this morning. By the way, it, don't expect me to preach like Bishop. I can't preach like that. If you expect me to be him, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, the other day, someone told me, said, Dave, you and me, man, we are just alike. I said, you know, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. 
You know, I can't be you, you can't be me, I can't be Bishop, I can't be, you know, Joel Osteen. <laughs> Amen. I love that. Every day is a Friday. It's a, I'm just saying you got to be you, you know. I think I told you this one time someone, someone introduced me. I said, what's Dave Martin like? Someone said, he's kind of a mixture between Joel Osteen and Larry the Cable Guy. So, even know what that looks like, you know. Just hold your Bible up and say, get her done, you know. But I want to talk to you about something today that I believe will be especially important if we're expecting if we're expecting something different. Now, if we want the rest of our year to be the best of our year, we want to make a greater difference the rest of this year, if we want to be more generous the rest of this year, if we want to see more increase in our life the rest of this year, I think we've got to do something different the rest of the year. Because if you do the same thing, I talked about this last time I was here. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, you've got to learn something today that will make tomorrow different. If you go into tomorrow with the same information you have today, you won't have a tomorrow, you'll have a longer today. So I, I, I got to do something different. I, I got to try something different. I got to learn something different. Now, the Bible, I believe, is a collection of champions who planned their success ahead of time. In, in Proverbs, it says, where there is no vision, people perish. Uh, uh, now, I speak, like I said, about 50% of what I do is in the corporate arena. I'm, I speak on a tour called Get Motivated. On this tour, there's some of the guys from the show Shark Tank. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, Shark Tank. A couple of the guys from Shark Tank are on the tour with me. And I was, I was talking to one of the guys, Damon John. And Damon and I were talking about, about principles and how life is really is as simple as following principles. There's all these principles. And, and he was sharing. And I said, now here's the thing, Damon. I said, all these principles that you talk about, that I talk about, that anybody talks about, they're all in the Bible. The Bible is the greatest success book ever written. There's a big difference between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus, right? The person of Jesus prepares you for heaven. The principles of Jesus prepare you for earth. There are ungodly people who use godly principles to achieve ungodly results. While the church, we don't know the principles, we ignore the principles, wonder why we struggle, yet the principles are there for us. And so he, he was up sharing about when he started his first company, uh, uh, FUBU. And, and he was saying when he started his company, he would write down all of his goals. He said, I wrote down all my goals. And, and he made this statement. He said, when you write down your goals, you dramatically increase the likelihood of accomplishing them if you'll write them down. And I said, that's good. I, I believe that. that. That's true. I've, I've done that. I, I said, and it's in the Bible. That's what I like about it. He said, that's, he said, that's not in the Bible. I said, it's in the Bible. I'm telling you, all this stuff is in the Bible. He said, where's that in the Bible? And so I showed him Habakkuk chapter two, uh, verse number two, right? Write the vision, make it plain so that you can run with it. Now, it's gotta be pretty plain. One version says, so you can read it on the run. It's gotta be pretty plain if you can read it while you're running. And you know, I was thinking, it doesn't matter how fast you run. If you're running toward the wrong goalpost, you're not gonna score anyway. So the first thing you got to know is where you're going. So you don't like how your year's been. How do you want it to be? Maybe it's been good, but you want it to be better. Here's the thing. You can go over here to the airport in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Airport, and uh, what's it called? Will, Will Rogers, right? Whatever. You go to the airport, there's airplanes flying all over the world. But until you decide where you want to go, you're still going to be at the airport. You know, they don't sell your ticket based on where you're at. They sell your ticket based on where you're going. And there's so many people, they don't like where they're at. They just don't know where they'd rather be. What do you want? I don't know. Where do you want to be? I don't know. I just don't want to be here. Had a lady want me to pray for her. She goes, I want to get out of debt. I said, how much do you need? She goes, more than I got. 
I'm like, how much more? She goes, I don't know. I just need more. I gave her a dollar. Her prayer were answered. When I was trying to get out of debt, I could tell you I need 37,426. I knew what I was. I knew where I was going. I had a plan to get there. And most of us are kind of going through life, have no plan. And, and, and yet these principles are here. They're simple, yet they're powerful models that help us understand how the world works. Principles that generate the same thing every time. And, and, and this principle of, of writing down your goals is a biblical principle. I'm going to show you where the principle of planning is a biblical principle. And, and there are all these principles, we wonder sometimes. Let me ask you this. How many have ever straightened up the shoes in your closet? You got in your closet once, say, you straightened up your shoes. Let me see your hand. Okay. How many, when you got done straightening up your closet, all of a sudden you felt like you could conquer the world that day? Let me see your hand if you know that feeling I'm talking about. You're like, what else can I do? Maybe let's, let's, get, let's go to the garage. Why do you feel so amazing after you straighten up the shoes in your closet? You feel good because you created order, right? God is a God of, of order. I mean, order is the accurate arrangement of things. So when you straighten up the shoes in your closet, you were actually doing a godly thing. You were creating order. That's why you feel, and you always feel good when you do godly things. So you're like, what else can I do today? And all of a sudden this, this energy came. And I think it's because when you do a spiritual godly principle, you, you feel great when you do that. And so, so here we see that the Bible has all these, these principles and all these things. And, and planning is one of them. Planning is important. Three things I want you to know about planning today. Number one, I want you to know that planning is scriptural. Number one, planning is scriptural. It's, it's, uh, it's all throughout the Bible, we, we see it. God had plans. God had plans for us. I mean, the Bible's full. Joseph planned seven years in advance for the famine. The Passover was part of the leaving Egypt plan. There were plans made for battle, plans made for building the temple, plans made for offerings. The coming of Christ was planned and prepared for generations. Over and over in the Bible, you see there was a problem, there was a solution, and then he showed us the plans. Why would God take all this time to show us all these plans if it wasn't important for us to understand the importance of planning? I think he included the details of this, these plans because he wanted us to see it's a very scriptural thing. I mean, even Jeremiah 29, God made plans, right? Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He has plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a... You mean he has plans for your future. Think about that. How many plan, how many in here you plan to live past today? Miss Yang, if you plan to live past today. Okay, look at all. Most all of us are planning to live past today. I'm thinking this. If you're going to live in the future, why not let it be the future you plan? Most of us just go through life, see what happens tomorrow. We'll see, we just kind of get there. Don't see, we'll see what's going to happen. Yet God gives us all this wisdom in the area of planning because I think it's really important that we know I, I plan to make a difference in people's lives. I plan, what can I do this week to help someone else? What can I do this week to encourage? I'm, 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 it's part of my plan. I'm, I'm, that's my plan to, to do that. And God has plans. He makes plans. And if God makes plans, I think it's important that, that we would just do the same thing. Plan for your, for your future. Second thing, second thing I, I believe is, is planning will put you in a better position. 
Because whenever you do plan, you usually plan to succeed. You don't normally plan to fail. So just by planning, just by having a plan, you're already in a better position. And, and it shouldn't surprise you that it leads to greater success. Also, when you write down your plan, it makes it easier to look at the big picture. It, it helps you see where problem areas uh, may emerge. Your weaknesses become obvious. Uh, uh, questions are answered. You can clarify the plan, and it positions you to have greater success. I mean, this service today was planned. Yeah, we didn't just show up and go, okay, who wants to sing? I grew up in church like that. Who wants to be in the choir? Come on up. And it was horrible. But that choir sounds horrible. They had no plan. They did, you know, we, we, we had a plan. Who was going to sing? Who was going to do the announcements? Who was, we, we, all that was part of the, the plan. Of course, we allow the spirit to, to flow, move, and that kind of thing. We invite him here. But, but there was a, a plan. We planned for you to get here. We planned. We planned to open the doors, unlock them. You didn't get here and they were locked. We planned ahead. We knew you were coming. Welcome home. And so the, all that's part of the, all that's part of the, the plan. Now, now, some people I found, they, tell, I don't make, they don't make plans because they don't think God would bless their plans anyway. Now, but here's the thing. If you don't have a plan, God can't bless it. Right? What did John say? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16, verse 3. said, for I know, uh, no, no, it didn't say that. What did it say? It said, commit your plans to me. That's what it said. Proverbs 16, verse three, commit your plans to me and I would cause them to succeed. So if you have no plan, what are you going to commit to him? I just hope the rest of this year gets better. Beginning of this year, doctor said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. I said, all right. So I, 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 he told me that in January when I got my physical into March, I had about, about 30 to go. I noticed it, nothing was changing. It, it, I'm like, what's going on here? And, and I realized all of a sudden I had no plan. I was just doing the same thing I'd been doing, didn't change anything. And, and so April, I decided to try a plan. I, I tried to do something different than I'd done before. And I, I put this plan together. And, 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 and since then, I've lost about 40 pounds. And, and, and so, it, but I, I noticed the difference between where I was and, and where I wanted to be. And then that success I was, was just having a plan. That everything changed when I made a plan. And some people don't make plans because they don't think God would bless their plans anyway. Had a couple wanted me to pray for them. And, and they, they wanted to have a child. They, we want to plan a family. And the wife said, I don't think God's going to give us a family. I said, what do you mean you don't think God? She goes, I don't think I, I can't get pregnant. I don't think I'll be able to get pregnant. Because when I was younger, I had an abortion. And I think that, that this, because of that, God won't bless my plan. I said, oh my goodness. Uh, thank God for his grace, right? <laughs> I explained to her a little bit about God's grace. His mercies are new every, every morning. How many are glad they're new every morning? How many needed a couple of those mercies already this morning, right? Yeah, every morning they're new. My goodness, if, if God judged us all by our past mistakes, how many have ever made a mistake, by the way? Oh, wow. Just about all of you. Had no idea. So much mistakes made here. Listen, if you've never made a mistake, you probably never made anything. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Everybody, everybody has setbacks. I mean, my goodness, I was, um, um, I do a lot of work with some of the, the pro athletes and, and, and teams and things like that. There's a guy, he's retired now by the name of Kobe Bryant. Uh, he played basketball and Kobe in 2014 set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. 
I'd like to have that record. The most missed shots in the history of the NBA. Now, what's amazing is seven days after he set the record for the most missed shots, he passed up a guy by the name of Michael Jordan for the most points scored during his career. So the same guy with the most missed shots passed up the greatest player of all time. They said, Kobe, how did you do it? He said, I just took another shot. (laughs) How simple is that? He said, I just tried again. I just, you can't let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. We're going to miss some shots. Will you do? Take another one. Uh, One of my latest books, I think I had it last time I was here, is called Another Shot. And it's just all about developing a a game plan. Uh, There's a great quote on the back of the book by um, Evander Holyfield. And, and I mention his name because the, the quote makes sense when you know who it is, right? I'm not just trying to drop names. Like I know Evander Holyfield. I'm, I'm not a name dropper. I just, I want you to know what the five-time heavyweight champion of the world said about my book. <laughs> seriously, I'm not, seriously, I'm not, it, I'm not. If anything I've learned from spending time with Oprah, it's that, uh, <laughs> so you should not drop names, but... Evander Holyfield said, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose the fight. It's not getting back up, right? We all get knocked down. What do you do? You get back up. You get back in the, in the game. And so we, we're all going to make some mistakes along the way. God, pray, we, want, we want a house, but God won't bless us. I don't think God bless us the house because I, I filed bankruptcy. I ended up losing my last house. I said, the next time you feel like a failure, the next time you feel like God can't use you, because of some mistakes you've made, just start thinking about all your heroes in the Bible. I mean, the ones we preach about, you know, our heroes. I made a whole list of them. There's a whole list of them here. Noah, they got, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair. My goodness, and God still used him. Jeremiah was too young. David had an affair. Rahab was a prostitute. Leah was ugly. <laughs> I'm not judging Leah. It's in the Bible, people. It's, read it. It's, it's in there. And Jonah ran from God. Job went bankrupt. The disciples fell asleep while they were praying with Jesus. My goodness. Elijah was suicidal. Peter denied Christ. Think about that. Like you're with Jesus. I don't know him. And not just once, right? How many times? Three times. I don't know that guy. I had a friend recently. He's like, someone asked him about me. He goes, yeah, yeah, I kind of know Dave. I'm like, you kind of know me. We've been on vacation together. Deny me. Like I just had, that was like a half a deny. I unfollowed him on Facebook and Instagram. Deny me. And it, it, you ever though wonder that? Why would Peter do that? Like you're with Jesus and you're like, I don't, why would you deny? I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is exactly why. I did notice this in the scripture. And I don't know if it was maybe part of the reason he was upset or, or what, but just a few verses before Peter denied Christ was when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. I don't know if he was upset about that. Like, why? She was almost, I don't know. 
Bad mother-in-law joke, sorry. I love my mother-in-law. I think I told you a couple of Christmases ago, I got, her a, I got her a cemetery plot for Christmas. For my... I didn't get her anything last year. She was, she was mad at me. You didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I got you. Anyway, I just... I mean, this list just keeps going, right? Martha, Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Huh. I thought about her last night, that Samaritan woman. I got on the elevator at the hotel. This lady looked at me. She goes, you look like my third husband. I was totally, I thought of that Samaritan. I was like, wow. Talk about another shot, you know. Like, how many times have you been married? And she said, twice. Anyway, this... You look at all these people, and yet God still used... How about this? Lazarus was dead, and God still used him. So the next time you think God can't use you, what does it say in 1 Samuel 16? The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The difference maker in each of these lives that I mentioned was that God had a plan and and, and they were willing to follow his plan. God has a plan for you, plan to make a difference in your life and a plan to make for you to make a difference in others' lives. If you think of all the ways that you can make a difference, a kind word makes a difference. Find a place to serve around here makes a difference. Uh, Being generous makes a difference. You know, your faithfulness makes a huge difference in what happens here. Your faithfulness in your gift. How many like giving, by the way? How many like to give? Yeah, most of us do. We kind of can't help it, right? It's the way God created us. He created us in his image. And, and for God so loved the world that he, he gave. He is a, a giver. And so your faithfulness, and just like God, God was a giver. And, and, and I, was, I was teaching this to my son to, to be generous in, in, in giving and and he'd gotten some money for his birthday. And I said, how much that belongs to God? He said, none, none of that. It's, it's my birthday money. <laughs> I said, I know, but it came from God. He said, no, no this came from grandma. <laughs> so I was trying to explain to him, it all comes from, from God, you know, and, and to, you know, give a portion back to him because everything you got, you know, came from him. We didn't learn that growing up. We learned you better give God your money or he'll kill you. Right, you know, that's how we learned. We went to kids' church. They taught us songs, you know, God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. You know, that's how we, we didn't learn the joy of giving like you learn around here. Like us, God was the godfather of the mafia. Tithe was protection money. Just give God his money. Won't break your legs. That's just. So I was trying to explain this to Solomon. I'm like, Solomon, you know, 10% of, of that portion of that we give, we give you know, back, back to God. And he's like, I, I don't want to give it, any of it to God. And I said, a lot of people don't. Um, but, but you understand it all came from, from him. And, and if you, if you don't give him $5, he's going to kill you. And no, I didn't tell him that. I didn't, I didn't tell, they did. They scared us like that. They got, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, and nice and Sapphira, he did kill them for the, that, but never mind. That was back in the, in the Bible. <laughs> and they were lying. And, 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 and obviously God's not, killing all liars. 
Some of y'all wouldn't be here probably. But anyway, it's, it's fine. It's fine. L- listen. And so we, all these, all this makes a difference, right? All this, God uses us to make a difference in his house, a difference in others' lives, and a, a difference on our, our job. My, 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 um, I, I got a little thing on my computer that shows a, a, some salt, and it shows a light bulb, a little thing of salt, and it just says, be these. Right? Be these. What did he call us? Salt and light. Every time you go to work, you have an opportunity to be a difference maker. And so make that part of your, your plan. And so, so anyway, in this, in this whole thing of, of planning, I, I believe it's just a powerful thing to, to develop a plan. So I don't know what it is you want to see happen the, between now and the end of the year. As you move into a new year, I'd say finish this year strong. I was working with a, a business owner, a small painting company. One guy worked with them. And, and I was explaining these principles. I said, this is a biblical principle. You want God to bless your business, make a plan. Make a plan that he can bless. He said, commit your plan to me so that I can cause it to succeed. So as a coach, that's what I help people do. I help them make plans. So we sit down. We made a plan. We developed a plan for his business. He had one guy work for him. They had a painting company, one pickup truck. And, but he wanted to make a difference. He wanted to do bigger things. And and one thing he wanted to do, he wanted to give $100,000 to his church. Wouldn't that be amazing? How many like to do that? Hey, Bishop, put me down for $100,000. How many like to, how many like to be, it's not a pledge. I'm just asking right now. Just, you're like, is this the offering? What is he doing? I'm just, that was one of his goals was to give $100,000. And so he wanted, and so we made this whole plan for his business. I talked to him recently and, and today he's got four vans fully wrapped uh, with his company. He's got crews in each of those vans. They're doing jobs all over Orlando. And, uh, they, and doing, you know, they used to do three, $4,000 jobs, $5,000 jobs. They just finished a job, $800,000 job, one paint job. And uh, he said, I'm almost ready to give him $100,000. I, I wouldn't have been able to do this if I hadn't had a plan. You helped me make a plan. We committed the plan to God. God caused it to succeed. I don't know where it is you want God to get involved, but I'm telling you what, there's no, no better partner in life than God. No better partner in your business than God and your relationship than God. And so God gives us this, this wisdom. Another guy, he was a, a, a record producer, and we started working on some things, a plan. And, and, uh, and he's, he's, he started working the plan. The plan was working, and, and he, kept, he kept growing, kept increasing. Grew up just on the streets of Cleveland. I uh, was at his house not long ago, and, and uh, today he's got about four or five Grammys on the shelf there. And he's, he's now uh, vice president of Motown Records. He said, I never got there if I hadn't had a plan. Planning is important. And, and oh my goodness, I'm out of time. I got to pray for you. There's so much good stuff in here on, on planning. But I, I'd, I'd encourage you, get, get, get wisdom in the area of, uh, of planning. I got a, a couple things back there that'll help you if, you if you need to. How many like me, if you could take me home, if I could just go home with you for like the next 30 days, we'll go to your house and we'll make a plan. How many like that? I mean, like I just come over to your house, we'll make a plan, we'll sit down. And, and that's what I, I love to do. Of course, I, I can't come to everybody's house, but we created a couple of resources that just will help us be able to, to, to do that. I, I took it from that book, Another Shot. By the way, if you can only get one thing, I, brought, I got two, two choices back there. Not for everybody. Not everybody's into wisdom. But um, it's just, a, you know, the Bible says, whatever you do, get what? Wisdom. How many like to be smarter than you are right now? Okay. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it just means you, there's something you don't know. And so when I heard that one from being a know-it-all to being a learn-it-all, obviously there were some things I didn't know. And I started learning and growing and, 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 and developing and investing in, in me. The Bible says that a wise person will increase in learning. 
says wisdom is more valuable than silver, more profitable than gold, more precious than rubies. Nothing you could wish for would be as valuable as wisdom. And so, so I created what I, what I call the, the 30 day, the game plan. I took the book, another shot. I had that last time I was here. Some of you may have gotten that book, but what we did, it usually comes in a big box. It has that book and a bunch of videos and different things like that. And, and when we're in the corporate setting, it's a 30 day plan, planning, uh, game plan where I'll sit down with you for 30 days. We'll go through every day. When you wake up in the morning, I'll be there waiting for you on a video. Uh, it's kind of creepy, but I'll be there at your house. Um, and, uh, and we, we walked through, I had some friends join me along the way to help develop this plan. Like one day we talk about decision-making. Anybody ever made a bad decision? How many like to make right decisions all the time? All the time. A friend of mine ran Disney World for, for 13 years and, and made all the decisions there, all the parks, everything. And so he joins me one day. He'll be your coach. His name's Lee Cockrell. He comes on with me one day and we talk about planning and the, the importance of, of decisions and how the right decisions get you where you want to go. Another day we talk about attitude. I'm like, who do I know that has a good attitude? I could get him to be on here or, or, and, and help us. And, and so I got a friend in Houston. He's got a little church there and he's always happy. And I'm like, I think I can really help you maybe get your name out to some more people. And so I asked Joel Osteen if he wanted to be on here, and, and uh, he was like, thank you, Dave. That's going to be so fun. And, uh, and, and so one day he's on here with me and talking about your attitude. Anyway, at the end of the 30 days, you'll actually have a written plan. On, on the, so we put it on a little USB. Instead of this big box we sell it for, in corporate, it sells for nine, $9.97. Uh, of course, we're not going to do it that much at church because, you know, because well, maybe mainly because church people won't pay that much. Anyway, um, but I, I put the whole plan together and we put it on this little USB drive. It's not for everybody. I think we only got about 20 of these, uh, but it, it just pops open, sticks in your computer. You'll get the book, another shot. You'll get the ebook. You'll get the audio book of me reading the book. So if you don't like to read, I'll read it to you. I'm going to be at your house anyway for 30 days. So I might as well read you some bedtime stories. So you can, you'll read the book and then every day for 30 days, you'll get workbook sheets and you'll get videos. And at the end of the 30 days, it'd be a great way to finish this year. You'll actually have a written plan of what to do next. I think it's one of the most powerful things you can do. And we put the whole thing together for just $100. That's like 90% off of the normal price. So you can get the whole thing for $100. You're, you're welcome. You can at least be grateful. Um, three people are grateful. Anyway, uh, if, if you, and, and that's just $100. We also put this together. This takes three of our programs. And that one I just mentioned is in here. Plus you get two other ones. So it ends up about six months worth of stuff. And I think we had this last time I was here. And I'm going to make you a better deal even than I did last time. So uh, you can get all six months, both, all three of the programs, 12 Traits of the Greats, Another Shot, and the Force of, of the Game Plan, and, and the Force of Favor. It's like six months worth of stuff for just $200. So for $100 more, it's like $2,400 worth of stuff. Uh, you can get everything back there. And uh, that's a really good deal. Say thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, and I think, I think we got about 20 of those as well. So I, I encourage you, invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. The Bible says, whatever you do, get wisdom. The only problem you'll really ever have in life is a wisdom problem. You don't really have marriage problems. You just have some wisdom problems. You don't really have financial problems. You just have some wisdom problems. You'll, you'll find this. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people are just waiting for a miracle. When if they'd had some wisdom, they'd have never made the decisions they made. How many have ever made this statement? If I knew back then what I know now. 
that's exactly what, what I'm talking about. The Bible said when you get, getting wisdom is like sharpening your ax, says in Ecclesiastes. That uh, Abraham Lincoln said, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I spend four hours sharpening my ax. Well, what, what does that mean? It means the, the, that's showing you the value of, of wisdom, being prepared. You try to cut something with a dull knife, it takes forever. But if you took a little time to sharpen the knife, all of a sudden it'd be so much easier. And the Bible said that's what getting wisdom is like. It's like sharpening your knife. It's going to make your life a whole lot easier. How many married people are in here? Married people. Yeah, okay. How many single people? Single people? Okay, good. Got a single married. How many married people, you and your spouse, are totally different? Okay, most married. My wife and I are night and day. She's from New York. I'm from Mississippi. Different. She's a northerner. I'm a southerner. Different. She, she grew up wealthy. We grew up poor. We thought you're supposed to be poor because poor people go to heaven. That's what they told us. We did everything we could to stay broke. Okay. For Christmas, my, my parents would give us batteries. <laughs> Toys not included. You know what I'm saying? So... So we needed wisdom to work this thing out. The Bible's full of wisdom in the area of relationships. And, and, and so I encourage you, whatever you do, get wisdom. Whatever you do, get wisdom. And as we go in the next few weeks, we're going to be getting wisdom and, and, and ideas and areas of how we can make a difference. How many want to make a difference in others' lives? How many know that's God's plan for your life is to make a difference? Make a difference in this church. Get in that room right back there and say, hey, where can I serve? Where can I get? make a difference in someone's life? You say, well, I'm just directing cars. What's that going to do? It's preparing someone for them to sit right. See, our every day is preparing somebody for their one day. Our every day serving. How many remember that one day you gave your heart to Jesus? How many remember that day? You go, man, that's the day. That one day when everything changed. You see, what we do every day to make a difference is affecting somebody's one day. Somebody's one day. So, hey, the greatest plan God ever made was the plan of salvation, the plan to, hate, to make somebody's one day, to change somebody's life forever in one day. Isn't that amazing? Talk about plans. My goodness, that's the greatest plan of all. Maybe you've never become part of God's plan in that area of your life. Before we leave, I'm going I'm to close. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Become part of God's plan. For God loved you so much that he gave. What did he give? He gave his only son, Jesus. All you got to do is receive that free gift and your one day could be today. Everything could change today. Maybe you're here and you've never made a decision to put God first. Remember I told you at the beginning, life goes better when you put God first. Maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to put God first in your life. You say, you know what? Today I'm ready. I'm ready to make that decision. Maybe you're here and at some point in your life, you did put God first. At some point, God was first, but if you're real honest right now, he's not first place in your life. You've allowed a, a job, a, a relationship, something to come before God. But today you say, you know what, Dave, I'm ready to put God back where he belongs. Number one, first place, life goes better when you put God first. Bow your heads real quick. I'm gonna look across the building just one time. We talked about planning. We talked about making a difference. Well, here's God's plan to make a difference in your life. All you gotta do is receive this gift. Say, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to put God first. And if you've never made that decision before, you wanna do it today. Or at one point, God was first. 
You're ready to put him back first place in your life. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I'm looking across the building one time. I want to say this prayer over your life just before we go. I want you to raise your hand up real high. One, two, three. If that's you, God's speaking to you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Father, thank you for hands all across this room in every section. Father, thank you that you don't just give us the desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You don't condemn us, but you do convict us. You show us areas of our heart, things in our life that may not be pleasing to you, but Lord, you said it's as simple as this. If we'd give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. Those that lifted their hand just turned the page to a brand new chapter. A new day begins in their life today. And you said it's as simple as this. If we'd believe in our heart and say with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. You know what? I want everyone, everyone in the room to say these words with me. Say, Jesus Christ Christ is my Lord. 